0: see Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. A question for y'all to start things out is Cowboys have multiple franchise tag candidates. Are any of them worth it? But also, if you want to weigh in today, 877-881-1053 on hopefully the end of our icepocalypse. Are you traveling today? Are you working today? And if so, where are you driving and how's it looking?
1: For the company of Odyssey, for the Tolos, for the KNC Masterpiece. I made it into work today. I it's to- for you and only you. I have to admit,
0: Mike, I was talking with Joey before the show and I said, What do you think of the prospects of Mike or Corey being here? And he goes, Mike, maybe not. I think Corey could be here. And I said, wow. I think that is a fair. But don't look at the
1: commitment. Look at my commitment Uh, versus who's on the Zoom right now? Corey. Corey. uh, We're all in the Zoom. Your commitment.
2: Yeah. I am here. On the radio show, <laughs> just as I promised I would be. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm actually surprised, Kevin, that you thought that I would be there. The, no, like even after the text that I sent just, you yesterday, that was like, "Hey, I will not be there." But
0: just comparatively <laughs> to Mike, you could oh, see how okay, I might. gotcha. Yeah. I look. I I love Mike. I've told him that before. This would not have been my guess. Not my, in a weird way, though. No. What? Unless you say it like that, then it feels weird.
2: Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, the uh, Mike lives closer than I do to That's the true. studio. And uh, Mike, if so I'm I've wrong... I've made better
1: life decisions.
2: You don't have what? to... Well, you uh, have to live
1: closer to where you work. It's a, it's a rule in life. Oh.
2: Dude, it is wild. Huh. The entire time I worked at the newspaper, I lived in Dallas. And then most of the time that I've worked at this uh, radio station, actually full-time, I've lived in Plano. So Kevin... I made some poor decisions there. But yeah, no, he lives closer. He doesn't have to go over bridge. I just was i got out and drove yesterday up to Walgreens and checked that out a little bit. And I think it was whenever I slipped in my driveway and fell on my back. That's when I was like not going I'm definitely not <laughs> going to tomorrow. At that, Mike? Carter slipped back? Carter slipped and fell. Uh like a can like my uh, my cans of zivias fell out of the rings and went sliding all over the alley <laughs> do you just was...
0: give up at that point or are you like <laughs> i don't need the zivias
2: <laughs> i video it i just laid back and i just laid there and i was thinking to myself <laughs> if i just lay here will the ice cover me and i'll just die here and so i Eventually, almost gave yes. up so yeah that's why i'm i'm still home today but I, it's it's melting right now we got icicles dripping uh, all over the the backyard and then I'll be in tomorrow to hang out with Broaddus for the full day of Brian Broaddus' show. So we're oh, really good yeah that. It's going to be so much fun tomorrow. The
1: reason, Corey, that I made the ultimate decision to Here drive in is. is at about 8.15, our power went out in our house. Ah! There was no way I was going to be able to do radio from home. So I was like, well, I was leaning towards going to work. I was already dressed to possibly go. Uh-huh. Just not sure. But when the power went out in the house... That made the ultimate decision of I'm driving into work, and it was a I'm, – I'm not telling people to go out, but it was an easy drive. Yeah. It was, it was much better than I could have imagined. Yesterday, after work, I tried to drive one of my kids, uh, finger kid, to one of his friends, and it did not oh, work really? out
0: well. Because of what happened to his finger, not
1: whatever – Dislocated finger. Yeah. And he was oh. like, hey, can I go over to Miles' house? And I'm like, yeah. And then I pulled out of the driveway – uh, the car didn't even get down the road. Uh, it was like driving on a skating rink. Yeah. And I was just like, well, uh, you can walk to your friends, and that's going to be a long time, uh, or we can just go home because this
2: isn't working. <laughs> I did see a truck trying to pull into the Walgreens parking lot, and it's kind of up a hill a little bit, and yeah. so it was kind of skidding doing that little fishtail thing trying to get up the hill, and as soon as it got over the hill, it spun in a circle right in front of me, and I was like, this is this is glorious. And then I fell later, and I felt like that was karma <laughs> for laughing at it. See, so.
1: have you opened a Zevia yet so it sprays everywhere?
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be the ultimate Charlie Chaplin move, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All those things fall into place. You just, you just lightly tap it, right? and That fixes things. everything. <laughs>
0: ding, ding, ding. And you're yep. like,
2: okay, I'm good to go now. Or you run your fingers around the rim of it.
1: Oh, is that? I don't a, like the way that sounds? It, Are you I think, about, yeah. I think I've seen that before.
2: You just taking, you just do it like that, and that's supposed to fix it.
1: Huh. I don't think it does, but people say things. From the that is a great point. From the two one four,
0: I'm doing Uber Eats. From the four six nine, we work all the time, guys. First responders checking in. And thank you. Thank you very much. That it sounds like an incredibly difficult job for a variety of reasons. From the six eight two. I made the drive from Cleburne to Fort Worth this morning. Side roads are still kind of rough. Main roads and interstates are much better, and that's what I thought. Is like the battle getting here or going home is the beginning and the end. Like once you get to the glorious middle, is the highways are much, much, much better yeah.
1: from downtown Dallas to we we're just a few miles Shh. away from downtown Dallas, sure. north of it. Uh, there's there's no ice on seventy five
0: except for. Except for, in some spots, in the far, some of the far lanes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost forget that's a lane because it is so icy and nobody's driving in it.
1: And the great thing is, is so far, at least looking down on 75 and driving in, nobody's doing anything stupid, like going 60 to 75 miles an hour right now. Everybody's kind of traveling in that, I would guess, 35 to 45 mile an hour range. Maybe a little bit faster than that, but... uh, I was very happy with my drive-in, so I think that you can get out, but just be very careful if you really need to.
0: Sure. From the 214, I'm away from Al- Allen to Carrollton, no problem whatsoever on the major highways. From the 469, driving around fixing people's heaters. Oh, okay. That sounds like a very helpful sc- skill all the time, but especially right now.
2: Have you ever fixed a heater, Kevin? Do you think – would you have a, a clue – If you like, where the heater is? Oh yeah, I I know,
0: I know exactly where the heater is. Now, if your follow-up questions are actually about fixing the heater, Uh I'm gonna go ahead and jump in there and be like, probably not.
2: At what like, would you even look at it, or would you say it's down? I got to call somebody because I will go in there and like stare and be like, "Mm, I don't know enough to not do to do (laughs) something yet. See
0: that. Because Dick of my it. because of my love of efficiency and my understanding of what my skill sets are and are not I'm just going to skip that middle part that you said and I was like all right Time to get the home warranty on the horn. Let's
2: figure out what we can do right Cause here. Because that's, a, like, with Mike with the pool and everything this summer, I have no clue what I'm doing. I was just kind of, like, trying to figure it all out, and then one day I did something, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and I felt like king of the world. Yeah. It, was like, it was a very small thing, and that happens all the time with these little, like, uh, little jobs that you do around your house as you'll find out. You actually could do it or you YouTube the right link uh, and that helps you find the right solution. Now you look like a man I, to your wife.
1: I wonder what the heating people help me out. Maybe maybe my wife's getting uh, taken advantage of is at Oak Cliff Pediatrics. Part of her building doesn't have heat because there's a part that yeah. needs to be replaced. And because of the supply chain from COVID, it still hasn't come in yet. Um, so I'm just wondering, from the people that do fix heaters, are there certain pieces that are just almost impossible to get? Because part of her office, they have to use kind of the electric heater things or whatever, portable heaters, to keep a, a couple rooms uh, somewhat, you know, like in the 60 degree range. I but think,
0: I think that is logical because of all the issues that we've had with the cars and the chips and everything like that. Yeah. I That seems logical. Corey, one thing I have discovered about myself over the last couple of years is if it's not complex or common sense can rule the day, I'm all about it. If I, can, if I can look at something and be like, okay, well, that's a basic sanding issue or whatever, that's great. Opening up your HVAC unit, I don't feel like that's just going to be, oh, clearly the flurgan is out of socket. And There's I no just such need to, thing as a Flergen. Well, Kevin. you know, exactly. <laughs> I can't even tell you the fake names or the real names. And so I'll just skip. Skip ahead and be like, no, can't probably do
2: smart. It. That's probably a smart decision, especially you know, being in this business. We happen to know people that uh, that do things. That you know? is and true. So you, you call what? them up, like just like our plumbing. You can't dispute uh, our, that, Reggie. Our friend Michael Talbot is has, uh, is a, a great Tolo, and he's a fantastic plumber, and he's honest, and that's useful. And we've been able to find good people along the way.
0: Okay, Mike, you asked, All and right, people are answering. Thing. Is I have an HVAC company, and some of the parts are very hard to find right now. From the 817, yes, I work for A1 Air. There are still parts that are back-ordered. One person said they work for an electrical supply distributor. They have some items that have a 60-plus week waiting time. Is that good? No! Okay.
2: How many weeks is that? <laughs> Why
0: don't they just make them?
1: I don't get it.
0: I I don't. I don't know.
1: Wouldn't you... Let's let's quit our jobs right now and make that piece. <laughs> hey, heater guy. How do I make that piece? Cuz if I make like a thousand of them and I can sell them at a premium. Yeah. And I can really take advantage of people. Do
0: you think you have the skill set to make these parts?
2: Hey Mike, I plastic. will I will design it if you will be the assembly line doesn't the design
0: already exist are Don't you making that. a yeah, new
1: thing shut here Corey? do we're getting oh, mike yeah. to do a lot
2: of work for us we okay can
1: copy it that's what china does oh, just make it cheaper oh my gosh
2: <laughs> i think that's what amazon does yeah i think amazon like you they'll see your business and they'll be like hold on You make shirts like this, we can make shirts like this, and then all of a sudden their shirts are up for like 15 cents cheaper, Yeah, and then you're out of business. So good luck.
0: Oh, my gosh. Man, I feel like we hit so many (laughs) from the weather to supply chain to Mm -hmm. big corporations taking down small businesses. I feel like we covered a lot of ground there. All right. Fingers? Dislocated fingers? Yes. We we need to make that very clear. Dislocated fingers. So my question for y'all is – Franchise tag for who are the candidates for franchise tag for Cowboys now that we have like specific values for all of the positions who jumps into your head?
2: I think Pollard.
0: Okay, and I'm not even does, and I'm not even saying the person you absolutely franchise. Just like people that would make sense.
2: Yeah, no, I mean I think Pollard makes sense too because. Okay because it's $10 million for at the running back position, and yep. you're trying to save money on Zeke, so yep. you need somebody. Now, is he going to be fully recovered? I think J. Ron, Ke- is J. Ron Kearse's name, is he yeah. not? He is in I, that, I, that window?
0: I, I just wonder about the viability of that because the safety franchise tag is 14.4. So, What did he make? He, like Four. $5, million. five. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing for Donovan Wilson. Like, I think that's going to be a non-starter for players like that. Dalton Schultz... Is the other one that jumped to mind? Not that I would pick that, but since they already did franchise tag him. And so the Cowboys have two of the top 50 unrestricted free agents per ESPN. Dalton Schultz is 11, and Tony Pollard is 18. And before anybody thinks Terrence Steele, that's a totally different deal. He's,
2: unre- he's a restricted
0: exactly. Free agent, right? So here's how it would work. The highest you would go on Terrence Steele on the tenders is the first-round tender and that's a $5.4 million hit, which is great because unrestricted free agent offensive lineman is $18.2 million. So, yeah, give me the first-round tender all day long. And if you want to go lower and you only want to put a second-round tender and that's the pick that you would get if somebody picked him off, that's only $4 million. So I, I think he's out. And this is why I'm steering away from the likelihood of the Cowboys using the franchise tag. I don't think there's any chance in hell they franchise Dalton Schultz. It's eleven point three million plus you have to give the twenty percent extra kicker. So that would be thirteen point six million dollars. See you later. Appreciate the service. See you on down the road. Pollard, I'm still curious about. If let me ask you this if he hadn't gotten hurt, which is obviously not the world we're living in, 10 million franchise tag for Tony Pollard, you doing that? I think so. I think I How would too.
1: I don't yeah, I mean, want to, Corey, I don't want to give running backs, even as good as Tony Pollard was this last year, I don't want to lock in running backs on four or five year contracts after yeah. they've played four to five years in the NFL. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What I want to do, Kevin, help me if, uh, with okay. this. You franchise tag before draft, correct? Yes. You franchise tag before free agency, correct? Yes. So with those with those things, that becomes a problem when you're trying to go. Hold on, can I replace that position? Yeah, with like you know we keep talking about Robinson, all right, or sure. a second round running back. Sure. Like I don't know how much I'm going to say. Hey, second round running back, I trust you to go out there and be the guy. Uh, but I so I would probably sign you know some sort of free agent or maybe Malik Davis is up to the task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's where that's the position you're in is you're doing things advanced of knowing what your roster is going to look like, and now that money is already spent, so that becomes problematic for me. By the way, curse isn't a, isn't available for that, I, so I, I don't know what I was thinking. Le- Leighton Vander Esch, Kevin, That million. seems like too almost much twenty money for, t- almost yeah.
0: twenty one million. No chance in hell. The other thing that you brought up, Corey, in terms of the timing is what do you know about Tony Pollard by that point? Nothing. Yeah. Like, it's at least, would they say, three-month recovery? I'm not saying he can't recover. I don't think you're going to be armed with that information when it's time to make a logical selection.
2: Yes. No, I, I, I think you can trust your doctors as far as that goes, but you kind of have an idea that he's not I mean, just time it off of what you just saw with Michael Gallup. He's probably not going to be the same guy Uh, that he was at the end of last year for you or in the middle of last year.
0: So essentially, the potential bad news is probably logistics keep you from franchising Pollard. Logic and reason prevents you from uh, tagging Dalton Schultz. But the restricted aspect of Terrence Steele is I believe they will put some kind of tag on him if they cannot... Well, for way, way cheaper. We're talking about a max of $5.4 million, and then maybe try to figure out a long-term deal. So the good news is easy path to keeping Terrence Steele, but Dalton Schultz is out the door and I, I'm i honestly not sure what they're going to do with Tony Pollard. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, besides Luca, are there any players you absolutely, positively have to have back on the Mavs roster next season? We'll do next right here, on the fan. KNC masterpiece back here on one zero five three. The fan. Besides Luca, are there any players you absolutely have to have on the Mavs roster next season? Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. So I was reading kind of some back and forth on the Athletic, and at best, the discussion only came away with two players that they feel like you have to have on the roster. And I think my contention is going to be there's nobody. There's Luca. I'll figure the rest out.
2: Yeah. Theo Pinson.
1: It's not Theo Pinson. We we got 15 people, (laughs) girls and boys now who dress up as cheerleaders in between timeouts. We (laughs) got plenty of them. Um, I know that Josh Green, I'm glad we got to interview him. I'm excited about his future. Yeah, It's turning out to be a better pick than it looked like after two years. Still, yes, hey, you'd rather have Tyrese Maxey. He's trending towards an all-star when healthy. Desmond Bain is a third best player on a championship contending team already. So, yes, there were better guys to take. But at the same time, at least now we're seeing some signs of Josh Green being a contributor to the Dallas Mavericks. At the same, if you need to throw in Josh Green to get a premium all-star player, right. you throw in Josh Green to get it done. Right.
0: I assume we would all feel the same way about Hardy then because the only ones who came up, like one of the answers from the athletic, I think it's Tim Cato, is Luca and Green. Yeah. And then somebody else threw in Hardy. And then an, an, another contention was, not, no, no. It, Luca, and if, like you said, the right deal comes along, let's go.
1: Now, I do feel like, honestly, I mean, this sounds stupid, but I, it might be the case. Dwight Powell might be an untouchable in that organization. He <laughs> might become the next Brad Davis. Because of, the, of Luca's. And I know Brad was a better player. It's just like, yeah, Luca loves him. Uh, Dirk loves them Cuban loves them the coaching staff there's not going to be a coach that doesn't like Dwight Powell he tries hard he puts his face into every elbow he can find and so it's just one of those things where he's probably I know he started as a Celtic but kind of a maverick for life type of deal just like Brad Davis started off as a Laker and got beat out by Norm Nixon yeah uh, so you just look at it and you go all right I mean, that's their favorite player to ever put on a Mavs uniform besides Dirk. (laughs) And so we can't trade them. Um, I I just don't think they're going to make any trades. I wish that I felt differently. I just feel like 29 teams around the league look at the Mavs and go, we don't want really anything you have. And if we do want it, if we do want Dorian Finney-Smith, You're asking for, like, the same package that Cleveland had to give for Donovan Mitchell. They are different (laughs) players. And and then you just start looking at things, and they're like, hey, we want to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. Well, nobody wants Joey Gallo, you know? Like, I mean, that's – he's a guy that now people are wondering, not just me, but people are wondering, was it best that he got hurt last year for the playoff run? And I say especially against Utah because – he would have taken the ball out of Jalen Brunson's right. hands and he would have jacked up 25 shots. And 15 of them would have been bad shots. He he does not know the difference between a good shot and a bad shot. I heard Kenny the Jet Smith say this, and I love this. He said, shooters shoot, but when you're in a slump, and if you don't know Kenny the Jet Smith, like besides just watching TNT, he was a shooter. He said the way shooters get out of slumps is they keep shooting, but they keep taking good shots. If you're trying to get out of shooting slumps by taking bad shots while taking good shots, you're just going to kind of keep slumping and have a, a, a problem getting out of this. And that's Tim Hardaway Jr. Situation. He just shoots to shoot. He can't touch the ball and not go. It has to go up. And so I just don't know who to trade. I don't know. Christian Wood is a guy who I know the Mavs would like to trade. I don't want him to be traded. I want Christian Wood long term, but I just, Christian Wood doesn't have a lot of value around the NBA, and then the Mavs aren't trying to really keep him, so I don't think they're going to trade him, so Corey, I just don't know how they make a trade if every person that you want to trade, everyone's like, no, we don't want JaVale Magoo.
2: Yeah, I, so I'm going to play this game a little bit okay. less uh, reality and more, oh, like, let's have this part of this conversation. Okay. You say who needs to be on this roster. The problem, I think, that we're looking at it is we're looking at it as in they have to be on the roster in their current role. Uh, so, like, okay. now, now let's, like, look around. I know where Dorian Finney-Smith's money is, but, Mike, we discussed that the other day. That dude's a tremendous seventh. Six guy, you know, three and D specific guy They're at, you know, the Mavericks kind of need him to do more and that, and or play at the extreme high level he played in during the playoffs for like 40 minutes a night. And that's, that's ridiculous to ask. So I'm, now I say, or I do all of these guys that we're talking about, how many of them would you like to have pushed down in the sixth or seventh role? Uh, cause now, cause in this world that you're discussing, Kevin, you're discussing a world that is, is more like, hey, let's dream up some scenarios where we have good players. And, yes, yeah. my wife did just bring me a cup of coffee. Um, we're nice. It looked like the I Adams agree. family, family <laughs> hand that just went into the, the camera
1: and an Adams family hand handed you a mug.
2: Yeah, it, it kind of did look that way. So, yeah, th- I mean, think about the idea of, all right, did we add enough talent? Just imagine that you had added enough talent. Which of these guys do you think, okay, we could push down a little bit that I really need to keep around? Uh, because that's a different a different way to look at it in my mind. Okay, and I think Dorian would be a great you know fifth guy option on your team, sixth guy as well.
0: I, I okay, I, I, I want to go along with this with somebody on the roster. I absolutely believe Dinwiddie is a championship four. Now he oh, wow. he might have his opinions that he goes here he goes there i think if spencer dinwiddie is your fourth best player
2: let's roll like, i think spencer we, Dinwiddie's like willing to play any of those roles. yes too. no
0: i do too i i think that's viable i really do
2: yeah. i'm with you I, uh you
1: know uh, four is one of those things last year i just remember at times in the playoffs going please have a good game like yeah you,
0: yeah yeah but I has think he that- won you over
1: more this year then Yes, but to your point and to Corey's point, I would like to have a number two ball handler to make him number three ball handler. Okay. So, whether he's your fourth best player or sixth best player, if you can get another, what you would consider reliable point guard and move him to your third kind of point guard and more of your combo guard, I would love that a lot more for Dinwiddie. So, yes, I do like Dinwiddie. I do like Dodo. Um, I mean, I, I do like I'd Christian stop, Wood. I, I like Christian Wood as a part of, like, a three-man, uh, big-man rotation. But there's Started. not really a three-man, big-man. There's really a no-man, big-man rotation here, even though Jason Kidd, you know, intentionally lied about the depth here. But do – I'm
0: going to ask you, like, one more reasonable and one more pipe dream. Do – Bogdanovich or Levine fit what you want in terms of they can handle the ball for sure, but they don't fit into your like necessary, maybe Bogdanovich more. They're not going to run your offense necessarily without Luka. So I'm curious, like Bogdanovich, more reasonable.
1: Levine, we had our shot. We missed it. Do either of those two fit your bill, or that's too outside what you're looking for? So there, I like Bogdanovich, do not get me wrong. But if you got Bogdanovich, you still only play at one style and one style yeah. only, and that is walk the ball up the court. I would like for a Zach Levine who does make a lot more money. I would like, for Josh Green, I think would already be a better NBA basketball player if he played on, let's say, the Memphis Grizzlies or he played on the Golden State Warriors. If he played on a team that had more ball movement and got up and down the court quicker, I think we would see more improvement from Josh Green. But he is playing on a walk-it-up team, and he's not a walk-it-up player. He's learning how to fit in on a walk-it-up team. You're right. And so – if we got a guy like Zach Levine along with Josh Green out there and Dorian Finney-Smith, I think maybe the Mavs would have multiple Move. ways yeah. to play. They'd be like, look, we're going to walk it up a lot because that's the way Luka wants to play. But we can at times get into transition offense, and Luka wants to rest on the court a lot anyways. Yeah. So – If we outlet the ball to Zach Levine or Spencer Dinwiddie, and you have Dinwiddie, Levine, I know you couldn't have all of these guys, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green all trying to get a basket within four seconds, Luka now all all he had to do was possibly get a rebound and outlet the ball.
0: Can I ask you guys a question then? Do you think, outside of competitive reasons, which obviously I get that that wins the day, do you think Mavs fans would be excited about a stylistic change? Because I've heard multiple Mavs fans like, you want to win, but also if we can maybe see like a more exciting brand of basketball offensively, they would dig that as well.
2: Yeah, I would win. I, I I don't know, and I, I don't remember in Europe in the Euro League Championships, did he did Luca even push the ball like that with that team either? And in a weird he way, how he
1: pushes it more with Slovenia than he does Dallas. I don't know yeah. why, but with with Slovenia. You would think he has less less athletic people with him on Slovenia, but they seem to play quicker at times with Slovenia than the Dallas Mavericks do.
2: Yeah, and so yeah, man, I I would love to see that. I, I do wonder sometimes if Luca is like, hey, man, I recognize that these are some freak athletes that can do some really athletic. They're fast. Uh, I gotta I gotta use this a little bit more, and I wonder if kids even discussing that with him either or if kids like no i really do like this controlled this controlled pace that we can we can control the game in this manner so but no i'd love to see it kevin because we grew up on steve Nash sure. and Dirk and that, and that sure. group that was running up and down the court
0: and somebody brought this up and i think we discussed this a day or two ago this was one of the rumors floating around i would do this deal in a heartbeat is thj and two premium or which we don't have second-round picks for Gary Trent Jr. If you figure out a way to get that done in a heartbeat, I would do that. You have somebody who is... More apt to share the ball. Still not super apt. I'll concede that. I think somebody who is better defensively, obviously somebody who is younger, I would do that in a heartbeat. But I think that speaks to what, like, the general conversation was coming in. I think you guys have done a good job of pointing out how, you know, you have players on this team that you would want on an NBA basketball team in different roles. However, the question was, is there anybody that has to be on this team? And frankly, I think the, the idea that you're getting to is like, All these dudes can go if it brings you better talent, except for Luka Doncic and maybe the guy in uh, Josh Green, who we've seen kind of have more potential to get into. And I think that feeds into the frustration that the Mavs are. uh, I know people are going to rail against this. I really do think the Mavs could afford this. As you know, Jerry always says like I don't have a bad, I don't have time for a bad time. I get that. Mark Cuban's got time. For a bad time. I know people are concerned about Luca wanting to leave. We've heard a lot of stuff that he really likes it here. If you sat down with him and said, hey, this is an asset management game and we're going to gut parts of this team, we are going to get worse. I need you to know that, but then we're going to get a hell of a lot better. I think they could afford to pull that off over the next year and a half i just don't think it's likely i'm all about being in the asset management business where after this you will have your full cavalcade of four draft picks first round draft picks ready to go if you want to make a blockbuster deal if you can get some of those premium seconds which Those picks are not the same as they used to be. I'm not saying everyone's tripping over themselves, but this is not as much of the day where I can buy the 23rd pick for $3 million. Like a couple of second round picks could get you Gary Trent Jr. That
1: is that. would be The next Jaden Hardy. Yes. That that we kind of like, right? That would be a
0: great. So I'm about asset management and I wish that Mark Cuban would look at himself when he's on the treadmill and see the thing that said, don't be on the treadmill of mediocrity and be like, you can do this in a year.
1: I just don't think he cares. I, you're,
0: he might be I, right. That's the
1: tough thing is I just don't think Mark Cuban cares enough to make a direction. I think he's fine with the way everything is.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, How do we get him to care? How do we get Mark Cuban to he's, care again, guys? That's a great question.
1: I, I don't think we can. He freaking got Luka. He freaking got like a top five player in the NBA and refuses to pay money to build around him. Just as a quick
0: aside is supposedly the Pelicans are flying into DFW this morning. I would hope with the way and that game is tonight. And so, remember, we talked about how yesterday the Pistons— Detroit pist- got postponed yeah, just last night. Yeah, how the Pistons couldn't get out of there, but supposedly New Orleans is going to fly in this morning. And I know things are thawing out, I like, in terms of cars. I don't have yes. the inside in yes. terms of the functionality. Uh, hardaway shot. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, Mike. All day. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3, the uh, fan. Corey. Coming up next? Baseball Nuggets.
1: Yeah. Corey. I watched what? Game 6 on MLB Network My. last night.
2: Oh. I saw. I saw. I, you know what? I watched it too. Damn it.
1: Oh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that and how wow. tough it is to hit a home run. See you next. guys
2: back at 11.
0: Max <laughs> on the fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan coming up at 1220. Will we straight-up steal one of the get-right segments from it last was, night? It was
2: gifted to us, okay. actually. Right. So well, it's not stealing if I it's gifted. Dare, I double-dog dare you to do oh, it. Oh, wow. At, at 1220,
0: I think it's going to happen then. But right now, it's time. It's a great segment. You should listen 7-11 on the Ooh. fan. It's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Baser.
1: Hang with me, Ranger fans. Please hang with me. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. MLB network keeps showing game 6 and I said screw it I'm going to sit through some of this and I'm going to watch it just the good parts and after 7 innings I did turn it off we intentionally the I turned nice. it off I could not watch what was ab- I know what's about to happen I can't remember all scared. the details but I was just like I you know scared. what I do not want to watch. I know the eighth inning wasn't that bad. If I remember correctly, uh, St. Louis hits a solo home run to cut it to 7-5 to because I remember being at the Fan Sports Lounge with millions of people. I was there. And Roy White looking right at me goes, it doesn't matter. And I was like, Roy, it does matter. The game is now down to two runs. And he's like, "Eh, I guess so. And obviously, (laughs) it did matter. It's Um, not
0: about soccer. That sounds about right. Okay.
1: But – anyways watching that game uh i didn't remember how bad both teams defense was for that game it was horrible you would not think it was a world you would not think those were two world series teams defensively on what they did uh the rangers took advantage of some defensive mistakes didn't take advantage of other defensive mistakes early If you would have taken advantage of all the defensive mistakes, which is tough to do, the Rangers probably score nine to 10 runs in that game, but you weren't able to. I'll tell you a big moment in the game, which I forgot about. And I guess it ended up, I mean, you could say it didn't work out in the end. You don't know what would happen in the bottom of the, sorry, the top of the fifth inning. If I have my inning right now, I believe I do the top of the fifth inning. The bases are loaded with two outs and Colby Lewis, things you'll never see again. Yeah. Colby Lewis coming to the plate and Ron Washington decided, I'm going to go ahead and let Colby Lewis hit, which most likely gives you a 10% chance of getting another run in. And it was the Rangers, I believe, were up by one run at the time. I believe it was four to three when he came up with the bases loaded. And you had, just to give you an idea, you had uh, Mitch Moreland Uh, on the bench I can't remember if David Murphy had come in the game yet for uh, Gentry or not they started a left-handed pitcher so Murph started on the bench but then came in after three innings they took out their left-handed pitcher and then Murph went into the outfield uh, for Craig Gentry but you did have at that moment a right-handed pitcher if I if I'm remembering everything right and The Rangers decided, I thought when you go back, you're like, this was a big moment. We don't discuss these big moments anymore, but they walked David Murphy to put the pressure on Ron Washington to either take out Colby Lewis and put in a pinch hitter or keep Colby Lewis in and in the rally. Yeah. And Ron Washington decided, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hit my pitcher. I'm going to end this rally. I'm not going to really score with bases loaded here to keep Colby Lewis in. Well, that ends up playing a big part in this game colby lewis does have an easy fifth inning in the sixth inning with the rangers up four to three and i talked about the bad defense the cardinals played bad defense and so did the rangers in that inning michael young has a one hopper hit to him Mm. by matt Holliday. that's a possible double play and as he's taking the ball out of his glove he drops it and Holiday does a good job. He's running hard on the hit. First of all, it's the World Series. Second of all, he knows this is a possible double play. I don't want this to uh, get them out of this situation. Well, Michael Young drops the ball, dives for Holiday as Holiday dives for first, and everybody is safe. So now it's first and second. And then I can't remember who's hitting, but the guy battles Colby Lewis, draws a walk. Then Yachty Molina comes up and they take out, uh, uh Colby Lewis. Yeah. And I believe there's one out in the inning. So what I'm getting at here is going back in time, allowing Colby Lewis to hit. He only got four more outs the rest of the game.
0: So in wow. retrospect, you would uh.
1: So in retrospect, yeah, yes, and the Derek Holland w- was warming up. Derek he Holland was to ready so to, to go in, and uh. And I'm sorry I'm forgetting who our backup catcher was, but I believe he was on deck acting like he was going to hit but ended up not hitting. Uh, and so Derek Holland does get in the game, though, and I totally forgot he pitched in game six. Maybe he's even talked about it. I just forget. But Alexio Ogondo comes in with the bases loaded and one out. Yeah. And he throws a f- breaking ball right down the, the middle. middle. And they call it a ball. And then his next two pitches aren't anywhere close. So now Yadi Molina is three and zero with the bases loaded. He walks on five pitches, tying the game. Luckily, uh, Ogondo and Derek Holland get out of the situation, still tied at four. And really, it was Mike Napoli picked off Holiday on third base after a pitch. He he freaking Pudge Rodriguez it, and Adrian Beltre does a great job of blocking third base and not allowing Matt Holliday to get back to the bag and getting a free out there which was a huge out uh in that inning as the Rangers were struggling to throw strikes at the end and then also with the air in the inning but then Adrian Beltre and Nelly Cruz to then lead off the uh 7th inning back-to-back home runs mm. and it was just The place is going nuts in St. Louis because they have tied up a game. They haven't played well. It's a battle. And then you hit back-to-back home runs. And I forgot this, Corey. I forgot how proactive the broadcasters were for the Cardinals. I didn't. And I, I get it because Joe Buck grew up with his dad, Jack, calling Cardinal games for 40 years. And Tim McCarver was the catcher for the Cardinals for a decade. So you had the Cardinals broadcast on the World Series. So they knew everything Everything. about the Cardinals, the Cardinals history, the Cardinals team as is. And they were struggling with who's actually on the Rangers. What do they do well? What do they not do well? And I'm like, man, for a World Series game, this is pretty pro St. Louis Cardinals. But anyways, you get the back-to-back home runs. How about this? Derek Holland comes up with David Murphy on first, and he bunts. He accidentally bunts it back to the pitcher, and I believe it was uh, Lance Lynn pitching at the time. Lance Lynn throws the ball and gets David Murphy out at second base. But then on a wild pitch, Derek Holland moves to second. Kinsler gets the base hit. Derek Holland scores the seventh run of the game. So Derek Holland scores in the game. Derek Holland then pitches the seventh, has a one-two-three seventh inning. And Joe Buck and Tim McCarver it. are celebrating – uh, Albert Pujols at the in the bottom of the seventh because they're like hey for Cardinals fans this is it they're one of their greatest players of all time and this is possibly his last at bat listen to this crowd and the crowd is standing ovation he grounds out to short for a one two three seventh inning as the Rangers are up seven to four and that's when I turned it off first of all we st- did it Corey the St Louis broadcast was conceding that the Rangers are probably winning their first ever World Series. The Cardinal fans are like, hey, thank you, pool host, for all the memories. We know that you might not ever get another at bat for the St. Louis Cardinals again. And that's when I said, I can't watch anymore. I know I've tried to put myself through this. I've enjoyed watching innings one through seven, but I just cannot watch innings eight, nine, ten, and I think eleven. Did was yeah, it the 11th inning when the home? That is so I was correct. just like, I I after the seventh inning, I said, I gotta turn this off. But I was able to put myself through the good moments of that game i just had totally forgot how bad both teams played defense in that game
2: oh man i look man wash cleansed me of this mike whenever we had (laughs) him on he allowed me to let go of all all the feelings a lot of rangers fans out there as a matter of fact texted in that day and said you know what i no longer blame nelson cruz that was like that Mike's pointing out, there were team moments that really could have changed yeah. that entire game, but we always end up blaming like Brett Maher. You know, like it's it's the it's the one thing that stands, who's getting the most Cowboys hate right now aside from Dak? Trayvon Diggs. because of the missed moment. And so, like, Delson Cruz has gotten that for for everything. And I think the Rangers, like, I really do think St. Louis was ready to roll over in that game, Mike. I think that if the Rangers had just been, hey, we got this, it would have happened. I really do believe that there were moments in that game where the Rangers could have just said, this is ours forever. Uh, but they didn't have that moment in them, and then could not recover for Game Seven. I'll
1: say this: I forgot it was tied at four after six. I felt like the Rangers had a lead the whole like game. the whole
0: time. Yeah, and I could actually see Actually, early
1: in the game, uh, Lance Berkman hit a two-run homer. It was two to one, uh, Cardinals, uh, early in the game, and and then it was four to three, then four to four, then seven to four, and that's where I think you know you can remember just the feeling of we're about to do this. I will say this to end this segment. I really want the Rangers to get back to the playoffs because just watching that game, and I know how brutal that thing ends, and I couldn't watch it, playoff baseball is way better than playoff basketball.
2: Oh, my god I love
1: playoff basketball. I love the Mavericks more than I love the Rangers. Okay? I admit that. But I think playoff baseball, especially when your team is in it, I think Rangers being in the playoffs is more fun than Mavericks being in the playoffs.
2: I agree. It's happening this year, Mike. Oh,
0: my God. Let's
2: get it going. Every pitch, every pitch. Mike just pointed out how many pitches... Aaron Judge saw last night, like, on Twitter. I thought that was an awesome tweet, by the way, Mike. Thanks.
1: Jared like, Eb- Sandler and Dave Raymond helped me on that because then uh, Sandler tweeted, like, how would you get these numbers? And I'm like, I found them all by myself. <laughs> 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 or I just asked questions while I was on the Peloton.
2: Carter almost ate it just now outside. I'm <sighs> watching him. It's Be hilarious. careful, Be very everybody. careful.
1: But, man, I tell you what, every pitch does matter. Yeah. And that was what was so fun watching that is to go back and see – Every little moment led to the Nelly Cruz moment. We just think of that one yeah. moment, but there's so many moments in that game where the Rangers could have kind of put it away.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the all-time Super Bowl QB rankings. Not just the winners, all of them. Is Mahomes really already ahead of Staubach? We'll do it next right here on The Fan.